When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. Evening, happy new year. It is the first one of 2019 where we get stuck into Fight Night. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure once again to be back in your company after a little bit of a break over the festive period. Hope you had a cracker. Lots to talk about from the world of fight sports. Joining me as ever from the multi-award winning Fight Disciples podcast is a man that roars like Tyson Fury in the 12th round against Deontay Wilder when his mum brought out the cheese board on Christmas Day. <laughs> it is, of course, Nicholas Pete. How are you? Very well, sir. Yes, very well. Still mm. fighting off the old roast potatoes. Yeah. But... Well, Not too bad. For those that have never listened to me and you do programmes before, uh, Nick, uh, on Christmas Day, does the old uh, roast potato challenge, don't you, mate? You yep. uh, you set a record a couple of years back in 18. front of the family. You went for 18. And we're not talking little chips. Oh, no, we're talking proper roast potatoes. Proper yeah. spuds, oh, aren't yeah. we? Maris, half, Maris half Piper's. Potato, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maris Piper's, mate. Other brands are available, but it's a full Maris Piper, isn't it? Absolutely. And you did 18 of the bad boys, didn't well, you? Well, a couple of years ago, I struggled mm. this year. It was yeah. never on, to be honest with you. No. It was never on. 14 no. this year, but it was never on. Mm. Um, but when the cheese board did come out, you were up off the oh, couch, back weren't then. you? Out of that, uh, back in out the of game. that carb coma and back in the game, absolutely. Um, it's been, um, well, since we last spoke, actually. Obviously, we had two major shows um, on December the 22nd, one in London, one in Manchester. We'll get to those very, very shortly. And obviously, a couple of fights uh, have been made in the new year, which we're all uh, looking forward to. Uh, coming up on today's show, we are going to get stuck into a conversation with Dillian White. We will be speaking to Charlie Edwards, who picked up a world title over the Christmas period. We'll be speaking about, obviously... Uh, De Gale and Eubank and all the other things that have happened over that festive period. But first of all, let's get stuck into my top three stories of the week. Let's start with that big news from this week, shall we? All confirmed, signed, sealed, delivered. We thought it was going to happen before Christmas. It's now happening in February, De Gale is fighting Eubank Jr. Al Heyman and PBC, Premier Boxing Champions, are coming to the UK. They've teamed up with ITV. And Nick, before Christmas, we were, we were salivating at the thought of maybe ITV, Saturday night, prime yeah. time. We were counting the millions, weren't we? Straight after the jungle, straight oh. after the X Factor, straight after Britain's Got Talent. But no, they've decided to stick it on box office. Now, I'm not saying that neither of these lads are box office fighters. But ITV have missed the trick here, haven't they? 
They could have been in, you know, first in, best dressed in the new year, kick it off in fine style, this new deal with PBC, bang it on ITV1 and really pull the audiences in. They have, they've missed a trick, I'm telling you. Could have done big numbers. Mm. Number two on the list. You heard me mention his name right at the top of the bill there. Amir Khan is reportedly taking a fight with Terence Crawford. Many would class Terence Crawford as the pound-for-pound number one. He's definitely in the majority of people's pound-for-pound top three. He's not going to be fighting Kel Brook, Amir Khan, that is. And fans are going crazy. Listen, if you are presented with an opportunity to fight a pound-for-pound top three fighter at Madison Square Garden in New York City, you take it. Amir Khan has made the right decision, hasn't he? Of course he has. You know, let's be honest, I don't think too many people will be giving him much of a chance. But then again, Amir Khan loves it when his back's against the wall. And look at his career, Adam. Look at the people he's fought already in his career. Who can blame him for daring to be great? I'm all for it. I think it's the best move for Amir Khan. Disappointed for Kel Brook, but Kel Brook could happen later in the year. Number three, top story of the week. Just who is Anthony Joshua fighting on April 13th? (laughs) Or is he fighting on April 13th? Is Wembley on? Is Wembley off? We'll be speaking to Dillian White a little bit later on. We thought that he was the front runner. But according to Dillian, he thinks that Anthony's off to America to fight Jarrell Miller. What's all that about? Disappointing, of course, for the AJ fans in the UK. We all thought we were going to get him at Wembley, but... All roads now seem like they lead to Madison Square Garden for AJ. And I've got to be honest, Adam, I think it's about time he made his American debut anyway. You know, as a world champion, he needs to go over there. He needs to Mm. conquer America to win the big bucks. And he needs to get in the mix with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Mm. There you go. The top three stories of the week here on Fight Night. Uh, Now, if you are maybe nipping out this evening, maybe you're on your way back from uh, a game in the FA Cup today and you think to yourself, you know, I've had enough today. I've been on an all day and I can't listen to these lads talking fight sports. You know what I mean? It'll wreck me head. Don't worry. It will be available as a podcast for you via the TalkSport website and via iTunes as well. Do get stuck into it. Now, I know what you're thinking. You've had a listen to the top three stories of the week there and you've gone, why has he not mentioned Floyd against tension? Over the Christmas period. Surely that's the biggest story of them all. No, it's not. Come on, sunshine. What that is a big story about, that should be on The Apprentice. If they, if they did a version of The Apprentice for sports people, Floyd Mayweather would win it hands down. He made $9 million for, for one minute's worth of work against a geezer that weighed two stone lighter than him who's never had a professional boxing fight. Now, whoever made that deal is a genius. Floyd, my hat goes off to you, mate. It was a farce, wasn't it? Is Floyd the greatest promoter in oh, boxing no history? No question, no question. He's got to be. He's better he? than Don King. He's better than everybody. He's better, better than, than the, the world yeah. combined because only Floyd Mayweather could get paid over £7 million to take on a guy who's a complete novice in boxing, a 20-year-old kid. That's £25 lighter than him naturally anyway. Mm. On New Year's Eve in Japan, it's absolutely crazy. No idea what is going on in the world of boxing. If you're from the world of MMA, you probably get it. If you if you follow mixed martial arts, you probably understand what's going on because every New Year's Eve in Japan, they do crazy things. Mm. They put on crazy fights, heavyweights against middleweights, all this other stuff. It's been going on for well over a decade. It's just this time, the biggest pay-per-view star in sports for the last decade was involved and that's what bought all the eyeballs and listen I don't blame Floyd for taking the fight the exhibition but when the fight when it actually started almost said the fight then when it actually started 
it, it, it was just ridiculous, wasn't it, at the mm. highest level? It was just insane. What I enjoyed the most on, on social media was watching and, and reading the reaction of, like you just said, boxing fans watching a, a rising um, um, exhibition on, on New Year's Eve. Now, like I said, and like you said there, if you're a mixed martial arts fan, you'll be familiar with the ring walks uh, mm-hmm. in Japan and, and the uh, pomp and ceremony that comes along with a, with a show like this. And just watching and reading people's reaction to uh, the circus that was, in their opinion, uh, rising on New Year's Eve had me had me laughing hysterically, to be fair, uh, in the morning. And then the fight, obviously, or should I say the exhibition between Floyd Mayweather and Tenshin, they, uh, it, it got underway. Floyd turns up two hours late, gets in there, takes one minute to take care of the kid. And uh, takes the takes his, I think it's, I think it works out at 980 million yen. So he's still um, uh, a, a nine-figure uh, <laughs> fighter. After about six seconds, it was quite clear oh. what was going to happen. Uh, you know, at least, this, I think what the Japanese gambled on, they thought, we'll spend a fortune, we'll get tension, this global exposure. He's 20 years of age. He can ride on the coattails of Mayweather's legacy and it will rise his stock. Kind of what Conor McGregor did with UF, from came over from the UFC had four competitive rounds with Floyd Mayweather, ultimately got found out, but come out of it with a lot of respect. People in boxing go, tell you what, the kid can box, give him his credit. And because of the build-up, everything else, Conor McGregor's stock rose. But unfortunately, tension at the end, having been dropped four or five times before he was stopped and then weeping in the corner like a young schoolboy, mm. you know, it... it, it, it it really blew up in the Japanese faces, I think. And uh, the only one laughing, I think, at the end of it was Floyd Mayweather. Mm. Uh, we will be speaking about some proper uh, MMA a little bit later on in the show because UFC 232 was uh, over the Christmas period where John Jones uh, rolled back into the UFC to reclaim the light heavyweight crown against Alex Gustafsson. Uh, quite a lot has been uh, developing um, with that and you might not be up to date with it, so fear not, we'll get stuck into that after 11 o'clock on the show later on. Uh, we will be speaking uh, to Dillian White a little bit later on as well. Hopefully he'll be joining us on the phone to talk about his uh, fight on December 22nd against Derek Chisora, which was captivating again. I mean, the first one in Manchester was tremendous on the AJ Molina undercard, probably one of the best heavyweight fights I've been ringside for, where two lads just absolutely rock and sock and robots and went at it. Uh, and to be fair, this was n- maybe not as rock and sock and robots, but it was a- a- as equally as captivating, no doubt, yeah. uh, on December the 22nd. And it most uh, certainly uh, delivered when it came to the finish. Just a bit, absolutely. I thought it was pretty close until the finish, to be honest. I think Derek was still in the fight. Do you know something? I think what if, a shot that was. I think wow. if Derek doesn't have points taken off, mm-hmm. I have him up. Yeah, I have to agree with that, yeah. But what a shot by Dillian White to pull mm. out the bag because that's what he had to do. We said in the build-up, he needs to make a statement. To have any chance of AJ or any other world title fight, he needs to make a big statement. Mm. And while the fight itself was pretty close, to be able to pull a shot off like that in the 11th round against someone like Chisora who's just walked you down, walked you down, that wanted it, that was fit, that was in shape, a game, Derek Chisora. To do that to him, he thought, wow, great moment, Dillian. And then he had the exchange with AJ as well, but... It looks like it was all in vain. Mm. Uh, what a year Dillian White had last year, and we'll be talking to him, like I said, a little bit later on. Um, we've given Josh Warrington a little bit of time off. We've chewed his ear off that much over the last month or so. We oh, thought we'd give him a little bit of time off. What a show that was, though. Tremendous. What a performance. The whole card was fantastic. Yikes. And obviously the uh, main event between Josh Warrington and Carl Frampton. Carl, um, J- Josh Warrington once again stepped up. And a lot of the build-up was talking about levels. How many levels are there to this game? Well, he found another one. He went up another level, didn't he? And he put in a world-class performance, uh, and which now sets him up for a fantastic 2019. I think he's going to have to take care of mandatory situation. We're going to we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But those Leeds fans, those Warrington fans, 
they're going to want a trip to America, aren't they? Absolutely. Well, you know, when I was ringside on the night, I, 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 someone from behind me, one of the Leeds I fans... I noticed you became a Leeds fan. Hit me on the back of I the head with a Leeds yeah. scarf. I you thought, a scarf oh, on you. Here we go. So I, put, I went on Instagram with the scarf on and said, that's it, I'm part of the, uh, you know, part of the White Rose Army. Now let's go to let's go to New York. <laughs> let's go to Las Vegas. It's on in 2019. And you're right, I think he may well have a mandatory to take care of first, but those fans are going to America, let me tell you that. And what a show that will be. It will feel like Ricky Hatton when he went over to Las Vegas when Josh Warrington takes that crowd over too. Now, I don't know about you, Nick, right? But I do spend a lot of my time on social media and uh, scouring the internet. Uh, and a video that's popped up on my feed recently is uh, Dillian White kickboxing. Have you seen him? He yeah, is. of course. He should... Never mind, he should have. Uh, he's ruthless in the boxing ring, but in the when, when you bring feet into it, the kid is uh, he's, a, he's a different level, uh, and he's joining us on the show right now. Dill, how are you? I'm not bad at all, my man. I sing, they sing, guys. I yeah, we're good, man. This. We're good. Listen, there's a career there for you once you pack in this boxing, pal. Get back into the kickboxing. <laughs> I'd be told by then. I won't make it. I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, congratulations on a fantastic 2018. Three sensational fights, three sensational performances. 2019 has to have a world title fight with Dillian, Dillian White's name on it, doesn't it? Yeah, you know that's the plan. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, I should have fought for a world title last year, but you know the longer they leave it, I'm more time to prepare. And a lot, lot, I still got a lot of learning to do, and a lot more to come. So, don't make it worse for yourself. <laughs> have you uh, have you resigned your fight to knowing that it it will have to be a mandatory situation that you're going to have to be called as a mandatory to get a world title shot because it doesn't look like. I mean, for crying out loud, man, you've been number one with the WBC I was for about say, two it's been years. Mandatory with the WBC forever. Yeah, but they haven't called it, yeah. so you know, you're now high with the WBO, yeah. number one with the WBO. So it's looking like it's going to be that route, doesn't it? I have no idea, man. This is a way of boxing. You know, I have no idea what route it's going to be. You know, I just kind of just keep chipping away and just hopefully, you know, hopefully one of one of these governing bodies will will enforce me as number one manager challenger. You know, I've been number one in two of them now, and number three and number four in the other the other two. So I don't know what else I need to do. Mm. Have you spoken to Eddie? Has uh, Has Eddie given you any, any any inclination of what 2019 will hold for you? I think we're, well, we're meant to be meeting him next week, I think, the 14th of January, so I think um, we'll we have a, a conversation about a few things, so nothing yet at the minute. In the middle of my team, we're planning, we're planning, we're putting lots of things in place, so let's see, let's see what happens. I think after AJ got on the ring apron, after the performance against Chisora, I think a lot of people were expecting by now to be confirmed Dillian White versus Anthony Joshua Part 2 for all the marbles in April at Wembley, so... What's happening, Dillian? Is that not happening now? Is AJ going to go to New York? What's going on? You know, um, we were, we we've been waiting for the, the AJ fight for a while, and we was waiting to hear from the fight. Um, I, I think we was waiting to hear. I think two days two days after after Wilder Fury, I think we was meant to hear, and then we haven't heard anything. And then, you know, I think. Me um calling him out there there live on Sky was I thinking okay maybe I think okay you know let's get the fight made I, you know I was very disappointed in his answer and his response I was expecting to say okay let's get it on because Wilder doesn't want it and Wilder is fighting Tyson Fury but you know from his answer and the way he was acting I, I think AJ might want the fight but I don't think his team wants the fight. Yeah. 
That must be incredibly frustrating for you, though, mate. Because if you look at 2018, you've been asked three big questions. You had a guy there in Lucas Brown. Now, OK, people might think, well, Lucas Brown ain't all that. But Lucas Brown did hold a version of a world title and you knocked him out clean. It was the knockout of the year. You then took on Joseph Parker, a former world champion, first man to put him down. And OK, got a little bit ropey in the 12th round. But you came through it and won that fight. You've then put a, a rubber stamp on the year by knocking out Derek Chisora. Nobody does that other than David Hay. You know, mm -hmm. that's not happened. Yeah. So what more do you um, have to do in order to get a shot? You know... I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I just, I just keep, keep chipping away, you know. And um, I, I don't know. I have no idea. If I knew, I would, I would have been doing it right now. You know, um, I've worked hard. I fought everyone there is it that they put in front of me. I fought guys that everyone says I was going to lose to, and I beat them. You know, um, I, um, I don't even think I possibly could do. You know, I just have to wait and see what happens, man. Well, if it if it isn't. Wait. If it isn't a world title shot next, I know what you're like. You you just love scrapping. Yeah, so, he'll come and fight Usyk or Lewis yeah. Ortiz. He'll fight anyone. That, that's the beauty of Dillian. That's why the fans are behind him. But the frustrating thing is, I can you can see it from both sides. I can see why AJ's team want to try and get in this Tyson Fury Wilder mix because of their great fight in December. I can see why they're protecting him. But I feel like OJ AJ's being overprotected from everybody. It's like the the tarnishing his legacy. He's got to fight someone. Mm. You know. I think AJ's got into the business now thinking, you know, I can have mediocre, easy fight and still make a lot of money, so why not? You know, because realistic, if you wanted to fight Wilder, the fight, you say he wanted 50 million to fight Wilder, mm -hmm. Wilder came over the 50 million, he didn't fight him. He had whatever excuse he had to why the fight didn't happen, I don't know. First, he said he wanted to fight Tyson Fury before Tyson Fury come back. Now Tyson Fury come back at a good performance against Wilder, now all of a sudden he's saying, Oh, you don't want to fight Tyson Fury. He wants to fight Wilder because Tyson Fury lost. But I, I didn't think Tyson Fury did himself any injustice in that fight at the end of Wilder. If anything, I thought he put in a great performance and he boxed well. Yeah. You're going to run out of opponents, though, aren't you, to knock out before you actually get to this world? <laughs> There's nobody else <laughs> yeah. left. You know, the, the, who, who else did he put in front of you before you actually get a shot at one of the big boys? Well, you know, Adrian is, is six foot four. He's eighteen stone. I'm sure lots of people pay to see that and pay for you. So, if he got in a road title fight, he could only go a couple of rounds with me. Nah, now that's pay per view. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't know. There's a likes of Dominic Brazil, Miller, Ortiz. Uh, you know, just the usual, usual guys. The usual guys that start, you know, obviously, you know, uh, one thing I'm also interested in is there will be a regular title. You know, it's going to be a regular world title or something like that. So let's see what happens. I'm, I'm going to have this meet with Eddie. Me and my team, we're planning. We're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're making some big moves behind the scenes and doing the best we can do. But, you know, it's, unless these guys want to fight, uh, these guys want to take chances with their team want to take chances with them, then I just have to just keep chipping away, man, you know. Yeah. And let's keep fighting. Who's what, what? the toughest fight, though? Who's the toughest out of those three? I'm dying to ask you. Out of Wilder, Fury, Joshua, which is the toughest fight for you? You, you say, or, or if if you were kept out of it and they those three fought next in concession, who emerges with all the belts? Who's the best out of them? You know what? They're very good fighters. They are tough because they all bring different skill set to the table. You know, obviously, Joshua brings speed and, and um, power. Wilder brings power and, and speed also. Tyson Fury brings speed and boxing ability and awkwardness, and those things are all are all um all very hard things to deal with. You know, um, just a bit more traditional and probably a bit sharper boxer than Wilder. Wilder carried that punch power, and he's light. He's the lightest of all of us. Mm. 
which means he's probably a little bit quicker than than than, than all of us. And Tyson Fury just the tallest of all of us, and he's awkward. You know what I mean? So Josh is probably the um, the guy that people look at think, oh, he's the most athletic of all of us or whatever. You know? But I'm also physically the strongest of all of them, and and, and I think I I hit just as hard as all of them, if, if not harder. Just, uh, I just, just before um, we we let you get on with the rest of your evening, mate. I just want to thank you as well because uh, I had uh, a knockout rounds 10, 11, 12 uh, at Wembley. So thank, <laughs> no, seriously, thanks for not jumping on him in the first round because I know you stung him in the first round, and old Dillian White would have jumped in there. You know, boxing is about you know I have to progress. I never had a lot of amateur fights, so I'm still learning the job, and it's about progression. You know what I mean? And Derek Azura is the kind of guy that I label him as a black Viking. That's what I call him. I said he's like a black Viking. The more you hit him, is the more he gets up for it, and the more you know, what I mean, the more he comes on. So with him, I find by looking at his career and look at his his worst performance, mm. the guys that box him is always hurt him and knocked him out. Like David A. boxed him, moved around and knocked him out. Tyson Fury boxed him and stopped him. You know, but everyone also tried to have a war with him. Even when he loses, he's been very competitive and trying, you know what I mean? So I've realized that if I get stuck into him, it becomes a 50-50 fight. If I box him and keep my boxing skills going, keep it keep it sharp and, and stuff, then I, then I know I was going to knock him out. You know? that, that must be hard, though, to do, right? Because you know you've hurt him in the first round. The crowd's up. The crowd's going crazy. It must be difficult to just go, just keep my composure. At some point, I'm going to land that big left hand. You know... I, it was difficult, but like I said, I, I just get to remember my coach saying, all right, son, keep it together. Don't go out there and rush. Take your time, son. We're going to get him sooner or later. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and that's how I was in my head the whole time. That's how I was smiling at the time because I was thinking of Mark, Mark just drumming that in the back of my head, you know what I mean? And, you know, and that was the plan. Just be, be mature, be smart, show the improvement I've made. The maturity, you know, I mean, this is this boxing. It's about longevity. It's about, you know, I can go in there and have wars, but if I do that, then I can't fight as often because mm. my body is destroyed. I get injured. I get cut. My body's broken down. So, you know, it's about being smart and, and making these nights easy night work, you know? Mm. Listen, congratulations on last year, mate. Fantastic year, and hopefully uh, 2019 brings you everything that you've earned. Got to. No question. Uh, well done, pal. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Dale. It's all right, man. Uh, Dilly White, you know... It's got to happen this yeah, year. Yeah, and it? I feel for him. Got to. I feel for him because it is a, it's a difficult time for him right now because the majority of guys in his position will just sit tight. Got to number one with the WBO. I've been number one with WBC forever. Yeah. They're not calling a fight. In fact, they overlooked him at one point and called the number two yeah. to go and fight uh, Deontay Wilder. Now, with them sanctioning or giving the thumbs up to a rematch with Fury, you'd think the WBC route's done, right? For at least six months, it's done, mm -hmm. right? To get that out of the way. AJ's the WBO champ, so you were hoping that maybe the WBO call something, but you'd think that's six months out of the way as well. That's not mm -hmm. going to happen until the back end of the year. He's just been talking there maybe of the WBA regular to become, again, kind of uh, a number one with the WBA, of which AJ holds. What does he do in that six months period? Who does he go and fight? Because everything now, at the level that he's at, is risky. Yeah. He risks not getting the shot. But then Chisora was a risk. You know, and, uh, They've all been risked. Of course, but, but he, he takes but it, it on anyway. But last year he had to build himself to this point. Now he's, he's there now. He's, he's climbed it. I'm ready, lads. I'm next in line. Yeah. Who does he go and fight next? Luis Ortiz is a tough fight, man. Does he go and take that? Yeah, or even Alexander Usyk moving up. Tough fights. Incredibly tough fight. I think the Brazil shout there was a great shout. I think I think he, I think he takes Brazil apart. Mm. The problem is, does that do anything 
for his campaign towards a world no. heavyweight title, That's smashing it. up Dominic Brazil. No, it doesn't. A guy who's who's been proven to be a bit of a joke on his side of the water. What's the point in doing that? It's all about getting Dillian White the world title fight. And unfortunately, because that trio at the top are kind of jostling amongst themselves and AJ clearly said then AJ's team have got an agenda we talked about this earlier in the show yeah. AJ having this protective team around them don't fight Dillian White go and do this instead because it's all about getting him in the best position to fight the winner of, of Fury versus Deontay Wilder it must be so frustrating for Dillian White but you know what Again, every time you speak to him, he's just like, man, I'll fight anybody. Let's just keep this show going. Brilliant. All the respect for that. And for that reason, I hope he gets in the mix. And you know what? He's got the power to chin any of them. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Now, our next guest, just leave this music rolling for a, just for a touch there, right? Our next guest, no doubt right now, He's wearing a green and gold belt. And that's all he's wearing. That's all he's wearing. He might have his baseball cap on, but he's got a green and gold belt on at this moment. And he's having a little bit of a dance around his living room with this tune going on in the background. Aren't you, Charlie? That's how you're getting down right now. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly how I'm getting down. I haven't put the belt down. I've been going around and showing everyone around the area. And yeah, I got my belt yesterday, so mm. it was like it was like my Christmas was yesterday. <laughs> I had to wait a little while for it. But, mate, when I was opening that, it was some feeling. For, for people that don't know how the uh, the boxing belt thing works, basically, um, you get your own individual version of it. So the belt that you see, obviously, if, if you beat a champion like Charlie did on the December 22nd, the champion gets to keep that particular belt and you get your own version of the belt. So you had a second Christmas day yesterday, mate, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually, um, I've really got to take to Sheffield. So um, I got the belt sent out um, down to my mum's. So, yeah, it was good to get on the road, drive back down and get home and open it and give it to her again and see her face. 
Wow. Must have felt like Charlie Bucket's oh. there. You know, and he peels back the wrapper and sees the gold. Imagine, imagine an opening and seeing the, the green and gold. That's the it. green and gold <laughs> of the WBC. Wow, what a moment. I love it. Charlie had the chocolate factory. That was my name now. I was collecting the gold. <laughs> Come with, that's the next ring walk. Come with me. <laughs> Listen, Charlie, t- talk to me. I'm, I'm, everybody knows, obviously, the story uh, and what your mum is currently going through, mate. What yeah. was it like for you having her ringside on December the 22nd? Um, it was it was it was amazing. Like um, my last world title fight, she, she wasn't well enough to come, so it, she only ever been to two of my fights, my uh, my debut fight, and uh, when I won the world title. So it was re- really important to me. Um, when she was ringside, obviously I had to focus, I had to switch on, and mm. before the fight, as I made the ring walk, I was so in the zone that. Um, I couldn't put any emotion of what happened to my mum or anything like that into account. I just had to focus on my job. But as soon as the bell went, as soon as my I just suddenly, as soon as I got that decision, the first thing I say you can see on the camera, I was like, "Where's mummy?" <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was looking for it straight away and to get out that ring and to just see her face, see her eyes lit up, and really uh, fulfil the uh, promise that I've promised her when she was on uh, her deathbed, really, and. Um, when when she went when she was going down for major operations and we were saying goodbye to her that I was going to fulfil to her and um, yeah she was always a big believer in me and she um, she was the one before she went down for her first major operation where she got brain damage she was like you promise me now that you'll never give up on your dream no matter how bad I get you still keep pushing and you keep still believing because one day you will be a world champion and I can remember it now I can still remember it and it um it gives me goosebumps and that's why after the fight I got. I got so emotional and to fulfill that promise, I didn't know how long my mum has left. I still don't know. It's always touch and go with her. So it was a dream come true. That is powerful. I mean, yeah. any anybody that has that type of relationship with the parents and the majority of us listening to this right at this moment in time, hopefully everybody has that type of bond with a parent. But to hit, for, for you as a young lad chasing a dream, to be given that confidence from your mum when she's going through what she's going through, mate, that's just the extra step that you need, isn't it? A hundred percent, a hundred percent, like, and you can fight for yourself all day long, and I always fight for myself, but to have to have my, what my mum has gone through and experience everything and see how much she's been a fighter and how she can fight for anything, I'm only getting in there and doing 12 rounds, and yeah, the going gets tough in there, and like, I get, I got a cut in the, in the uh, seventh round, and mm. I push through it and carried on, but when, when I get things like that, and even if I take a big punt, it automatically comes up, what's the worst that can happen? My mum's suffered the most in all her life and she keeps fighting and keeps pushing through and um, that just goes to show to me what a fighter she is so me getting in the ring like what is that compared to what she's been fighting and that's what spurs me on more than anything and like it doesn't matter how hard it gets it doesn't matter how tough it gets like I'm gonna keep pushing through and and that that's it a lot of it comes from the inspiration that my mum, like, she, she shouldn't be here today, if I'm honest with you. And she pulled through three times now, and it's, it's, it's a miracle. And it just goes to show that anything is possible in this life. Runs in the family with you lot, doesn't it? I mean, Sonny were mint the week before, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You're all at it, yeah. you Edwards lot, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've got the fight of Jeannie Nelson. We really <laughs> does come from, my, come from my mother, and that, that shows it from itself. Absolutely, mate. Listen, talk to me about Rosales because we, we obviously saw him earlier on in the year in, in mm. Ireland against Paddy and he, he stopped Paddy with a brutal body shot that particular night. In the build-up, we were saying this is a tough night for Charlie. Yeah. It doesn't get any harder the guy than this. Yeah. The guy's the world number one, but 
on the night. You were sensational, absolutely <laughs> sensational. What a performance! Yeah, um, it was. It was one of them. We was ready. Like me and my coach Grant Smith of the Steel City, we had we spoke about this, and we um, we were ready when we moved down to Flower. I was ready for any title holder, and we was calling that to Eddie. Get me anyone at Flyway. I'm ready. Even like I was chasing Cali Fire, I was I'm ready. We come back. The Mithilene Marissi turned it down and picked the other fighter who mm. he fought on New Year's. And then he Eddie offered us Rosales. He said, what about Rosales? Listen, we know he's a really tough, tough man. He's number one in the division. And it's no easy pushover. And I was like, you know what, Eddie? Get me him. I'd rather take the first out. They're the best out first. And then the division's <laughs> right. So you own the division now? <laughs> I'm ranked number one. In, I'll, in t- the I'll take the division. cock of the walkout. I'll take him out and then everybody else has to come through exactly. me. That's basically how it went down, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> and now, 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 Mr. Lamaruti, he wants to fight me. He wants a unification fight. I want a unification fight. So um, I don't know what's happening in the contract with the rematch clause, but who says that Eddie can't... Um, make uh, ask Rosales to fight the winner of me and Murti in another contract it's one of them I've got to get back and speak to Eddie speak to my management team mm. and then we can pl- plan what is going to be next for me but I want to build a legacy I'm not in this game to handpick opponents like certain other British fighters that do this I want to fight the best and I want to prove I'm the best and I don't want to be just a world champion I want to be known as a world champion I want to be a multi-weight world champion that's why when I won this belt yeah, I'm buzzing, I'm over the moon. I don't feel no different because I'm not satisfied. I've, I've, I've set out in this game not to just be a world champion, but be a great world champion. I saw today as well that you're planning on stadium fights, mate, yeah? Getting back in the getting the football mix again, yeah? Back at the Palace yeah. today, were you? Yeah, man. And I, was, I, I was back there, and I've obviously been there when I was a kid and a dad, and it was nice to go back there. And like, when, when you're there and the atmosphere is going off and um, the fans are cheering, and then stadium fights are what dreams are made of. And, yeah. To, to, to go, especially because I'm a Croydon boy and it's on my doorstep and the amount of local people that they can't can't travel all the way. I've, traveled, I've fought in Manchester, uh, Scotland, Sheffield, um, mm. at the O2, but to be right on your doorstep, the whole town will come out for me and after my last fight, I can't walk through my, my, my little town without people wanting pictures, people saying hello and I'm just so grateful with the, and overwhelmed with the actual support I'm getting and like today, even I give everyone my time. I put on Facebook in two hours. I had seventy people around my friend, um, like whole place and getting pictures, autographs. The kids come in. He's got the belt. The, the belt's here. The, the belt's here. Right, get round. Get round to Charlie's. He's got the belt. Come on. And it, and it was just lovely to give back. I remember being that little kid and getting pictures and speaking to the older pros and. Yeah. And that's what it's about. It's about inspiring the younger generation and making the sport of boxing better. And the only way you can do that is by inspiring the younger generation and making dreams reality. Yeah. You dreamt of it for so long, Charlie. Obviously, you've worked of it oh, all, your, yeah. all your life. Has it been WBC champion, being the world number one? Has it lived up to expectation the last couple of weeks? It's over. It's gone past expectations because it's properly overwhelmed me. I never thought it would. I never thought it would be this this big. If I'm honest with you, and the public has really took to me, and I think that's because I'm 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 humble, I'm down to earth, and do you know what? I'm real. Like yeah. I've been through hard times, and I'm not afraid to admit it. And, and like people try to make out they're superhuman, reality is you can get beat, you can fail, as long as you keep believing and you work hard, you can change things around in life. 
It's been a mad. It's been a mad journey since you joined Team GB with AJ in it way back when, mate. Lit, uh, I remember well, the pictures. Little and larger just turned up. <laughs> I, I, I just sent that. I sent that not long ago over to Matchroom, and I was like, Little and large. Look at this picture. I was like, now we've got all the belts between us. I like, oh, he needs a green and gold one, doesn't he? That's what he needs. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just a, just a quick one. I know I mentioned uh, your brother a couple of moments ago. I was ex- is he injured? Because he, he put on a fantastic performance. Yeah, uh, I believe he's, well, he's yeah. hurt himself, hasn't wow. he? Uh, yes, um, he went over in the second round and fell on his ankle. And yeah. to be fair, like he went to a physio, and that's when he done his ankle. And it was like I don't know how you got through the fight with that because he tore some ligaments. Mm. But it's, it's not a major, major, um, major uh, injury. He's only out for I think uh, another three, three to four weeks, and then he's back training, back rehab, and um, pushing on for another thing. But he's only 22, and he yeah. don't really need to rush himself. He's seen I rush myself, and. He's taking step-up fights and hard fights, but at the right time. Mm-hmm. And he's a very clever, acute fighter. And I really believe that he's, he's got more talent than me. He's always had more talent than me. He's, he's so much cleverer than me in, in the mind as well. And in, as he steps up through the gears, as he gets a bit older, he's going to be a serious, serious fighter and a world champion. And um, I, I, I always say this, like, I'm I'm blessed to have my younger brother, but we want to be like the, the mini Klitschko's. Yeah. <laughs> the mini Klitschko's are Croydon. But, but we want to take over the division and we want to rule it together. And that's our dream. Uh, I was thinking British Charlos, but we'll go with the Klitschko's. Yeah, yeah, we'll fine. go with the mini Klitschko's. Why not? In years to come, they'll speak about the uh, the Edwards of Croydon like they spoke about the Crays. That's what they'll speak about. Yeah. <laughs> Taking over the game. <laughs> Listen, mate, enjoy it. Is, um, is, the, is the belt in, in the bed with you? tonight where, where, where's the bell oh, the, the bell don't leave my side <laughs> I, I, I'm driving it in, in, in the car with the front seat belt around it he's <laughs> <laughs> got, got a baby seat for it you've got to get a little child seat that's yeah, yeah. brilliant <laughs> Top man. Listen, congratulations. Great performance, man. Lovely. Looking forward to uh, what you do in 2019. Unifications all the way at Crystal Palace. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Top man. See you in a bit, mate. Right, Take thank care. You. See ya. It was a tremendous performance, that wasn't it? Yeah, Charlie Edwards. He had to do it because, as you say, their kid the week before, Sonny, was absolutely was. incredible. So talk about put the pressure on. But to take on the world number one, you know, to have lost the world title fight before, to to have to work hard enough to get back in the frame again, to do it pretty much on home turf in London, you know, have a lot of pressure, expectation there. Rosales comes over as the world number one, having just absolutely dismantled Paddy Barnes a few weeks ago. To turn up and do a performance like that mm. when all the pressure's on. That proved to me, okay, these Edwards boys are going to be around for a long time mm. and it's going to be a fun watching their careers unfold. And he's a nice kid as well. Can't help but like it him, helps, can you? It helps, doesn't it? It helps. It certainly helps. If you're a good kid, we'll talk to you. That, that, <laughs> that green and gold as well. You oh, know, it makes him in. That's the belt. That's the one, isn't it? You yeah. know, I think with any boxer that starts out, you, you, your first expectation, of course, is, the, is an ABA title. Then it's a Lonsdale belt. And then, of course, it's the green and gold. Everybody wants the green and gold. I'm surprised he never said there. I've texted AJ and sent a picture going, look, this is the one you haven't got. I've got one of these. <laughs> Crack on. We're on the home stretch. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport with me. I'm Catrell. Hope you are well. Um, if you've only just joined us, it will be available this show as a podcast. Please subscribe to us. You can do it via the TalkSport website if you're on Android or if you're on iTunes. You can go to uh, uh, go there, uh, search Fight Night TalkSport, hit the subscribe button. You'll never miss any of this, just in case you're out and about on a Saturday night, all right? Um, time to uh, turn our attention towards mixed martial arts, in particular the UFC, because over the uh, Christmas period, New Year period, uh, we had UFC 232 build 
as the return of the bad boy, John Jones, a man that has had uh, more misdemeanours uh, than God knows who, mate. He is. He has <laughs> been in so much bother, hasn't he? Anyway, he was back uh, fighting Alex uh, Gustafsson five years after the first fight. It was a rematch. Uh, this a was rematch, a rematch. Yeah, even. well, mm-hmm. I kind of like rematch. Yeah, um, UFC two three two for the light heavyweight championship of the world to regain it uh, to become a two time uh, light heavyweight champion, and he did it quite. Quite comfortably, really. A lot easier than the first time, anyway. Yeah, three rounds it took him, uh, and he did the business. However, this he will always be tainted. Always be tainted with John Jones, because I've seen so many different interviews post-fight where top-quality journalists put it to him and said, listen, there's going to be an asterisk against you because of the three failed uh, performance-enhancing drug tests that you've had. Obviously, this fight, coming into the fight, there was... Um, he, he, he flagged abnormalities... Um, again, with a with a performance enhancing drug test, um, of which 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 made the UFC uplift the card from Las Vegas, shift it all over to Los Angeles just for one guy. It was ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. Re- regarding his ad- the thing that gets me right, and this is why I, I get wound up about it, because I watched John Jones fight in the octagon, and I'm amazed by him. Yeah, best that's it, ever done it. His ring IQ, everything about him is absolutely better than anybody that I've ever seen do it. But for him to be so blasé, and to, to be fair, for the UFC to be so blasé towards the things that he has done regarding performance-enhancing drugs, forget the stuff outside the ring. I mean, that's crazy stuff itself with cocaine and knocking over pregnant ladies in his car and all this type of stuff. Forget that for a moment. I'm talking about just inside the octagon. He's failed three tests. For them to have just kind of gone, yeah, all right, John, we'll make excuses for you. Yeah, all right, John, we'll pick the card up in Las Vegas and we'll take it over to LA. Yeah, it's okay for John to do it because he's making us a ton of cash. It doesn't sit right with me. It just doesn't sit right. I just want him to come out and say, yeah, he's a dirty cheat. Just say that. (laughs) Just say that rather than try to make excuses for the situation and treat us all like fools. We know he's good and we know that performance enhancing drugs doesn't affect his ring IQ, but for him to come out and say it doesn't affect my performance in any way, shape, whatsoever is nonsense. Let every fighter get on the get on the drugs if, if that's legitimately the case because those drugs are helping you train harder, faster, for longer, so therefore you become a physical specimen. Don't make you a better fighter, I get that, but yeah. it makes you a, a, a physical specimen so you can go for 25 minutes in a fight. Uh, you know, It's not even that. I, I think the, the main influence of of peds in in a sport like mma is it's not necessarily you're going to look like an adonis it's not necessarily it's certainly not that you're going to be more creative it means that you can work your nuts off every single day you don't have to miss a day of training it's like having a, a like a, a brand new body the very next day that's what it does it it energizes you so you can do five sessions every day for eight weeks. You can't train wrestling, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, boxing, tight, you know, all these other kind of th- things, especially the older you get, you've got to balance it out. Your rest becomes as important as anything else. Mm. And I just think the, the reason PDs come into mixed martial arts is so these so guys can keep training every day, push their bodies even further, have that growth. You know, Anderson Silva's one, an, another guy who's often referred to as the greatest of all time. He's failed multiple tests. He doesn't look like an Adonis. John Jones doesn't look like an Adonis. They've got the the the, the physical attributes. Fighting fit. A fighting fit. Yeah, they, you know, it, it's it's strength and it's fitness for fight sports. But the PDs allow fighters 
to train every single day, eight weeks without fail. And that's where the edge comes in. It's not like Drago where he suddenly becomes superhuman. The, the thing with John Jones and the situation where I got so ugly is he fails a test in, in Nevada. They pick up, um, you know, Nandrolone or whatever it was. They picked it up again and went, right, we haven't got time to investigate a week out from the fight because we only do it at our hearings, which are twice a month, once a month. But he's failed a test. So it's not happening. It's flagged up. There's something in his system, yeah? But then the UFC had an argument to say, what you found, according to the experts, is a residual trace. Mm. It's not a trace that's big enough to to say suggest that he is using again. So they're making the excuse. I'm just trying to explain to listeners that might be going, what the hell? And he moved to California. You can't do that. So he's failed a test and they basically said what was in his system was from a previously failed test a year previous. A couple of years before. And they said it's residual. So what what they're saying now is the science suggests that once it's in your system, it can flare up again in minuscule. I'm talking about minuscules. The way I heard it was, it's like a grain of salt in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. That's how much of a trace they found. So there's two arguments here. And I only got all this information because I listened to Jeff Nowitzki, yeah. who is the UFC's basically you know anti-drugs Sar that's employed He's by the, the man UFC. That caught Lance Armstrong. He caught Lance Armstrong and all that stuff. And the UFC employ him now to do this out. And he was on a podcast explaining how what the, the exact situation or from their side of things. Now they spoke to California, said if we move it there, can you test them? Take on board the information from these experts in the field, the guys who are actually out there catching drug cheats, and they're gonna explain that this minuscule amount that you found could have flared up again. That's why it hasn't been in previous tests. You know, the, John Jones, obviously, is the most tested man in MMA. It hasn't shown up in previous tests. It's shown up now just because the experts are saying it can flare up in these minuscule amounts. And that was why they wrote it off and moved to Fight Cards California. Would it work for anybody else? Absolutely no. not. But the UFC are desperate for superstars. John Jones is the greatest mixed martial arts artist the sport has ever seen and that's why they moved an entire event the week mm. of the fight mm. regardless of the fact that fans were flying in from all over the world people were booked hotels they moved the entire event to california and that will forever overshadow john jones's achievement here and will forever now make it an asterisk by his name and yet as gareth pointed out i can't wait to see him fight again <laughs> It's weird. It's such a weird situation. If this happened in boxing, we'd be saying, I never want to see that guy box. Throw him out the sport. But because it's MMA, because there's an answer for everything, <laughs> there's an explanation for everything, we kind of go along with it. And it's a shame because yeah. <clears throat> his performance was fantastic. And not only that, not only that, because that will grab headlines because he was he's on the card and pe- he, he, he polarises people's opinions. There was a, there was a fight, a co-main event, where... We, we witnessed the greatest female mixed martial artist of all time come of age. Yes. Amanda Nunes was outstanding against Cyborg. She's the superstar. Absolutely <coughs> stole it. You know, Chris Cyborg undefeated in what? 12, 13 years? 13 years. Um, I, I know this is a girl that he brought into the UFC. They built an entire weight division behind her. They brought in the featherweight belt just so Chris Cyborg could become a superstar. And... Amanda Nunes, meanwhile, has been the bantamweight champion, taking care of business, retired Ronda Rousey. They've missed an opportunity with Amanda Nunes before. Amanda Nunes steps up a weight division to take on a, a you know a fellow Brazilian cyborg, everyone's favourite cyborg. Amanda Nunes absolutely cleaned it out in 51 seconds. 51 wow. seconds. One of, the, one of the best performances of the year in MMA. And it surprises me now why more people aren't saying... 
Amanda Nunes is the pound for pound best fighter in the sport, men or women, mm. because of what she's just done. Sensational. And once again, UFC has another champ champ. Mm. If you're, like I said, you might be listening to, to this show and you're, you're a boxing fan and you just dip in every now and again when we talk about mixed martial arts. Trust me, get on your Google search, get on your yes. YouTube, do UFC 232, Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, watch that. It's only 51 seconds. That's the whole fight. Seriously, it's absolutely sensational. Yeah. Go and see the baddest woman on the planet, bar none. Mm. Um, the next big one is 19th of January. It is, uh, it's been brought uh, forward a week, hasn't it? It was originally the week after. It is TJ Dillashaw taking on Henry Sejudo. Uh, TJ stepping down in weight in order to become a champ. People are obsessed with becoming champ champs now, aren't they? Because Connor's done it, you see. Connor's broke the belts seal. in multiple weights. So, you know, if TJ can get it done, he will be the fourth champ champ. Uh, uh, currently residing in the U. Well, obviously Connor's gone now, but in mm. the UFC. So, and this is unusual because most most people when they become world champion move up to the weight division above. Very few He's move down. down. Yeah. But TJ Dillashaw, the bantamweight champion, is actually going down to flyweight to take on the uh, former Olympian Henry Cejudo. Mm. And that is an absolute belter of a fight. Gareth's right. It's all happening in America in January. Mm. UK needs to catch up. It should be it should be a cracker. Listen, just a quick one because we've only got a minute of the show left. Will we see Connor fight again this year? Yes, we will. Absolutely. Will Will we see Conor fight Khabib Nurmagomedov again this year? Yes, we will. Absolutely. Will that be his only fight or will we see him against somebody else as well? Um, hopefully we see him against somebody else first. Otherwise, it'll be his only fight this year. Right, okay. So, Dustin Poirier, something like that? Yes, I'd like to see him fight Poirier. Or, you know what, even better, Nate Diaz Path. <laughs> Let's do that first. And then Nick's Khabib the... fights Tony Ferguson and we get it at the end of the Look year. Look at this. Nick's in the mood for fantasy fights this uh, <laughs> this night, isn't he? Hope you've so enjoyed... romantic. <laughs> uh, listen, I hope you've enjoyed the show uh, with us. Like I said, all throughout the course of this, uh, you might have dipped in and out, you might have been out, you might have come in and only caught an hour of it. It is all available for you on a podcast uh, straight after the show. So get on uh, talksport.com or you can go on iTunes uh, and download there or your podcast provider. It should be there. Fight Night on Talksport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.